to entertain you, we'll sing your songs. Hey there, are you obsessed with things that happened before your time? Well, if you are, join me, the host of Before My Time, Gelsey Laurie, to discuss the wonders of the yesteryears that we weren't around to enjoy ourselves. You can find us on all podcast platforms. Soon you'll be swaying, so come on, sing along. Ninety-one Donkey Lane is a magical apartment complex that contains immense power, but lacks intelligent inhabitants. What is happening? I'm getting texts. Why are we getting a lot of texts? People found out what we did. Oh, dividing Mike Myers into an infinite amount of tiny Mike Myers. Listen to Ninety-One Donkey Lane for free on Spotify or your favorite podcasting app. More at NintyOneDonkeyLane.com. See you there, you donkeys. We're here to entertain you. We'll sing your songs. Hey there. Are you obsessed with things that happened before your time? Well, if you are, join me, the host of Before My Time, Gelsey Laurie, to discuss the wonders of the yesteryears that we weren't around to enjoy ourselves. You can find us on all podcast platforms. Soon you'll be swaying, so come on, sing along. Hey guys, um, this is going to be the first of a couple interviews I'm going to drop for you guys uh, throughout this week. I'll probably drop another one later on tonight, to be honest. Uh, but this one is for the movie Cam. This movie is easily one of my top three of this entire weekend. It's currently in pretty high up in my favorite films of the year. It's a very intense thriller with a lot of supernatural and horror elements um and it's about a cam girl who wakes up one morning to find that her account has been taken over by someone who looks exactly like her and is more popular and more risky and and really uh growing her fan base but she she can't stand it because it's not her and it's going against her moral code it's a really intense chilling movie it captures uh the world of cam in a, a very accurate but beautiful way and i had an opportunity to sit down with the director daniel the writer isa and the star madeline and it's this is a must-see movie so it's coming to netflix in november 
make sure that you make it a point to watch it. And then when you watch it and you inevitably love it, tell all of your friends to watch it. Uh, it's definitely not for everybody, but I think that they even know that. But it's a very good, fun movie. So I'm promising you that you guys will not be disappointed by Cam. Now enjoy the interview. Uh, if you guys want to just introduce yourself so the listeners can recognize the voices to the names. I'm Danny. Hi, I'm Maddie. I'm Issa. Uh, so this movie, I, I saw the screening of it yesterday, and it's fantastic. Um, How apropos. Like, I, yeah, <laughs> very fitting. Uh, for a few months, I actually worked as a personal assistant to a porn star and cam girl. Uh, helping her organize her cam schedule and responding to fan mail. And this movie so beautifully captures exactly what that world is like. And I think that there's a very good reason. So I'd like... (laughs) 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 You'd like to give a little bit of the history of writing it. Uh, Yeah, definitely. So um, I worked as a cam girl for about two years. And... um, So obviously I drew heavily on my experience there when developing the script. I really wanted to bring audiences into the world and to see what it was like to be a cam girl um, and also have them empathize with a cam girl and kind of relate to her in a way maybe they hadn't before um, instead of exotifying it. Um, And so that's kind of where it started. Her identity was not stolen, however. No. (laughs) That part is obviously uh, fictional, yeah. And... Daniel, unless I saw this incorrectly, did you also edit the movie? I did not. Okay. No. Uh, uh, <laughs> is that I, different, Daniel? That is that is uh, my best friend and and somebody who I went through like film school together with. We've been working together for uh, almost. But his name is Daniel Garber. My okay. name is Daniel Goldhaber. <laughs> I was in the editing room every day, much to his chagrin. But uh, he, it's his first fiction film. That he's cut, um, it's and fantastic. and it's the, the editing is insane. Out of this world, <laughs> like, he did, and I mean, I think that it's 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 hard to. I think I don't know if you were there for the Q and A, but you know, this is a movie that on almost every level, the cinematic form is experimental and unprecedented in terms of how we're talking about technology and how we're kind of intercutting between the real world and the digital world of the film. And, you know, that it doesn't feel like it's experimental, that I think every moment of the movie and the narrative tracks so clearly um, is to Dan's credit and to Isabel, our creative producer, um, who was also very heavily involved in the edit, that, like, Dan just, like, really had a vision for how to bring these elements together and for how to kind of keep the rhythm and pace and suspense and story while, I think, really pushing the bounds of movies. Um, well, and, you know, from sitting in the Q&A, and I kind of had a vibe about this just from watching the movie, but it, you know, they say all the time that there's no I in team, but this feels like a movie that really defines that. Like, everything that works about this movie can't be attributed to just one person. It looks like it really was this giant team effort of a great script mixed with a really great direction and fantastic acting. Like, there's not a point in this movie that you're not just wowed by everything that's happening. And it's so hard to talk about it. Like, I don't want to talk about it too much because I want everyone to go and actually watch the movie. And the more you dig into it, the, the harder it is to not reveal all of the uh, the tricks and the twists and turns. But just fantastic job with this, guys. Th- thank you. And something else that I'm really proud of on behalf of the team is that 
it's it's not only like my first film and Issa's first film, my first film as a director, Issa's first film as a writer, it's our producer's first film, our editor's first film, our composer, our sound designer, our director of photography. Uh, first feature. First feature first film. Feature. Yeah, first feature film. But so like, it's like most of the team was like under 30. So everybody on this was, I think, really trying, like they, everybody put literally everything they had into the movie on like an emotional and it was palpable. It was, it was like palpable on set that everyone was very, very determined to to really flex their muscles, but not in like an egotistical way, in a way that's like, let's see how, what we can fucking do right now. Like, let's really go for it. And it paid off, I think. I think it's beautiful. I'd be inclined to agree. And I want to talk to you a little bit about your performances, Lulu slash Alice slash Eve slash... Lulu 2, um, Lola. Lola, sorry, Lola, I'm, I'm, it's been a long weekend. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, you talked about this a little bit last night, but there's so many layers and different nuances to each version of that character. And again, it goes back to the script of, you know, for me personally, when I was working with the person that I was working with, I used to always say, I really like the person that I hang out with more than the person that goes in front of the camera. Um, and that was just from hanging out with them and seeing the different personalities for each thing. How did you keep track of all of the different personalities that had to play out in this character? Uh, I think it started a lot with like just connecting with Alice and, and starting there and like how do I connect with Alice as a woman and what do we have that's similar? Okay, well, we're both like in our 20s and we're both... Uh, cisgendered white women and um just like breaking it down to like the very very basics and then kind of building from there okay well what about me can also uh, can Alice also identify with and that and then taking that from um and especially talking to Issa about kind of what um how we have parts of our personalities that we might exaggerate in a performative way, especially online. And as a cam girl, like what, what things you want to exaggerate to generate more tips or more viewers or whatever. So then taking Alice from there and then exaggerating parts of her and how that works. And so there's Alice and then Alice as Lola. And then Lola too was just like, Lola too doesn't have any of those anxieties or what idiosyncrasies about herself and her personality. She doesn't have one. But that was just like hyper focused on generating tips, making money, and just kind of, uh, yeah, playing with those three and building it. Something that we wanted to do throughout was build uh, Lola too, so she's a little more like regular Lola in the beginning and then she just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and more imposing and just so much different than regular Lola. Um, and just kind of building on that and, and, and exploring that and having Lola too be something that Alice just could never be. She just, it, yeah. Maddie had this binder uh, that was like I'm going to keep talking about the binder um, that was not only like the annotated script that kind of tracked you know who she was in which scene or which multiplicities of herself she was in any individual scene but she also basically I think spent like months watching Cam and like and and when and like there were a lot of cam girls that we were drawing reference from and I think Maddie went and found people who she really liked but broke down like the individual 
pieces of body language or, you know, verbal performance or whatever of those and then kind of used that, I think, to construct personas so that at any given moment when I would kind of give Maddie a note to remind her, hey, here's where we are in the movie, to, you know, I would see her like literally kind of take this cluster of body language and then either play it bigger or play it. But like the technical ability that she had put into, I think, constructing these characters on a minute kind of like eye twitch by eye twitch level was completely there and controlled and i think that that to me is like so incredibly impressive to see somebody kind of just bring that into a role without kind of losing the humanity of the characters well i think that that you know the humanity of the characters is really one of the biggest things with this movie is that it's never looking with a judgmental eye at any of the people in this industry i almost feel like and i could be completely wrong i almost feel like the most judgment that's thrown on anything is the people in the chat room that hype it up to a to a way like they're to me the biggest villains in the movie they're a bigger villain than lola too in a lot of ways was that pulling from any personal stuff or am i just creating my own narrative yeah no i think for sure um i think i kind of see the film as having two villains um one what i wanted to emphasize was kind of the negative reactions of alice's town in general the cops and kind of highlight that as a you know a a place that is kind of um bringing negativity into her life and then yes the men in the room that kind of hype her up um i did a lot of shows um and i did a lot of bdsm shows and there were always people you know the kink community can be absolutely wonderful and there were a lot of people who really engaged with that power play and those dynamics of pain play really respectfully and really understood you know how how the dynamics worked and then there were always those people in my room who kind of um you know pushed a little hard and and sometimes felt like maybe they were just there for the spectacle maybe they were just there to see me actually hurt myself you know they weren't necessarily engaging with the kink so much as oh my god here's a hot girl she's gonna hurt herself you know and so I think um playing with that was really interesting where you kind of cross this boundary between like where are we having this like respectful cam show and where are we having trolls that are coming in to to egg someone on to hurt themselves and so um a lot of the men that are egging Alice on to hurt herself you know um come from that and in the opening scene you know the one when they're saying kill yourself kill yourself and and she's actually kind of taking control back of that because she has actually you know planted someone as that troll and so it's kind of this inversion of that where she's saying okay if you guys want me to hurt myself so much I'm going to do it and um and so that was kind of playing with that yeah and uh I think that one of the other successes of the movie there that is 100% Isa and Isabel our creative producers is that um Isa wrote the entire chats for every single cam show so yeah so like the there's like a whole second movie that is unfolding during the movie that we wanted you to be able to like pause it and like actually track all the characters like Dumpty Humper and you know Diggy Dog Carpet Monster um they all have personalities they all have in jokes they're all kind of like going through their own stories some of them are kind of you know jerks some of them are you know just really funny some of them just tip you know um and I think that that the threading of that I think even just subconsciously on the audience is what maybe gives it that feel of like both a mob, but also a mob that has individuation and kind of individual characters. All right. So this is the last, this last question is not so much about the movie cam, but we're going to tie it into, it's a bit of a horror movie. It's, I mean, it's a lot of different genres. It's tough to actually nail down the genre, but it's horror enough (laughs) that it fits on horror movie night. What is one of your, each one of you like, 
horror film that you'd go to? A comfort horror film, if you will. Give me a second. <laughs> um, a comfort horror film uh, that comes to mind first is Videodrome. Okay. Love Videodrome. I watch it a lot. Um, and I watched it a lot while working on this film. I just love Cronenberg in general. But I would say Videodrome, go to. Yeah. I need a minute. I don't know if I watch horror. I'm I'm weird with horror because I don't really watch horror as comfort. Like I I get very like it. I get freaked out by horror movies in like a real way. Uh, but I'd say that like my comfort horror director is probably Lynch okay. because there's always like a there's always this aesthetic world I can kind of fall into. Um, so like. I, I do think that I would say if I have a comfort horror movie, it's probably Lost Highway, which is probably like a really messed up thing to say. But uh, I also love The Shining uh, and uh, uh, and also Cronenberg. I'd say Dead Ringers was a huge uh, inspiration for this movie as well. I could actually, that and Videodrome both make a ton of sense. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm going to name several okay. uh, because The Shining is my favorite movie of all time. Yeah, I didn't did know, that. know that. I'm so happy. It's like my favorite movie of all time. When I saw the carpet outside, I just like I just melted. Um, also, is Silence of the Lambs considered horror? Yes. Okay, that's also a favorite. And Scream, <laughs> is that? I just yeah. saw Scream for the first time, and oh my god, it's so good. It's so fucking good. It's so good. But also, in high school, I think my brother had just graduated. He's three years older than me. Our way that we bonded, like as two people who are very, very different. We bond over horror. So we used to have HMDG, which is horror movie drinking game. And my (laughs) brother, we would pick a slasher film and my brother, because he's seen them all like 3000 times, would just like make up rules when we would have to drink. And uh, yeah, that's how we bonded in high school, me and my brother. So, and we still bond over horror. Like we're both going to go see Suspiria together. Very exciting. Um, Has he seen He's going to see Cam next week. Yes. Yeah. I'm very nervous. I just called my dad. He's going to see it. I was like, Dad, you're going to see my boobs. And he was like, I uh, didn't know that. I'm like, you, you don't know what the movie's about. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's my answer. Sorry. All right. Well, and that's Cam. It's coming to Netflix soon-ish. November. Okay. So uh, keep your eyes open for that. Thank you all so much. Thank you. Thank you Great much. to meet you. Ninety-one Donkey Lane is a magical apartment complex that contains immense power, but lacks intelligent inhabitants. What is happening? I'm getting texts. Why are we getting a lot of texts? People found out what we did. Oh, dividing Mike Myers into an infinite amount of tiny Mike Myers. Listen to Ninety-One Donkey Lane for free on Spotify or your favorite podcasting app. More at NintyOneDonkeyLane.com. See you there, you donkeys. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. We're here to entertain you. We'll sing your song. Hey there. 
Are you obsessed with things that happened before your time? Well, if you are, join me, the host of Before My Time, Gelsey Laurie, to discuss the wonders of the yesteryears that we weren't around to enjoy ourselves. You can find us on all podcast platforms. Soon you'll be swaying, so come on, sing along. Ninety-one Donkey Lane is a magical apartment complex that contains immense power, but lacks intelligent inhabitants. What is happening? I'm getting texts. Why are we getting a lot of texts? People found out what we did. Oh, dividing Mike Myers into an infinite amount of tiny Mike Myers. Listen to Ninety-One Donkey Lane for free on Spotify or your favorite podcasting app. More at NintyOneDonkeyLane.com. See you there, you donkeys. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 